I want to read the last two verses, verse 19 and verse number 20, Matthew chapter number 28, verse number 19. Jesus Christ is speaking, of course, we know this is the Great Commission that he's delivered to his church and 2,000 years ago, and that still applies to us today. Amen? Uh, so please take this uh, message, if you will, this commission that Christ is giving forth 2,000 years ago, and let's apply it to us today as well, individually but collectively as a church family. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let us pray. Father, I'd ask you, Lord, your blessings upon your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for each and every person that's here. Lord, we are a needy people. Lord God, we need to hear from you. We need help from you, Lord. Uh, Father, we need encouragement to stay faithful and consistent in living for you and bring honor and glory to you and, and doing the work that you called us to do, Lord God. So, Father, I do pray that you would uh, not only speak to myself, but each and every one of us, Lord, that we would seek to be found faithful and obedient unto thee, Lord God. For us in Christ Jesus' name I do pray, amen. And so you see the uh, threefold commission that Christ gave. Uh, he wants us to uh, evangelize the good news that people need to hear, the gospel, that people might come to know Christ as their Savior. And then we are to baptize those who are saved and, and then disciple them, teach them and all, to observe all things whatsoever he has commanded us. And I'm sure none of that is new to any of us. I think all of us understand that. Um, let me add another verse to it, and that's the end of Mark. Again, the Great Commission. He tells us, go into all the world and preach gospel unto every creature, every single person. God is concerned about it. God wants us to do what we can to reach people for Christ. Uh, he tells us also to lift up our eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. Uh, you know, it's not difficult to find a lost person. Amen? Uh, lift up your eyes and look. They're everywhere. All right? They're all around us. Uh, they're your neighbors, they're your co-workers, they're maybe uh, family members. But God is burdened for people. Uh, that was evidence that Jesus Christ would die for our sins and pay for our sin debt. Uh, he died for everybody. And obviously, the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's desire. That's the heartbeat of God. And God help us as his children that that same emphasis would be in our hearts and our lives as well, that we'd be concerned about the lost and seeking to win them to Christ and then, again, advance that to seeing them getting baptized and following in obedience to God and then disciple them, teaching them, helping them to grow in the Lord. And when we begin to understand this great commission, going into all the world and preach gospel unto every creature, that's a never-ending commission. Amen? I, I think we're going on about 9 billion people in the world today. Uh, we're falling short of reaching people for Christ. Satan's doing a good job, if you will. But God's people need to be mindful of this commission. And when we think about all that's involved here, uh, thank God you support missionaries and you support the Tates. We do as well. Thank the Lord for the work they're doing in Honduras and elsewhere, the missionaries throughout the world. But we don't have enough missionaries on the fields of this world to reach people for Christ. Uh, even in the Philippines, and I lived there for eight and a half years as a missionary. And I, I know you can, there's all kinds of places that have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel of Christ. 
And so our work is before us constantly. And you say, well, Brother Getty, how are we going to carry out the Great Commission? It just seems to be overwhelming and far beyond even our ability. How can we do the work and the commission that God has given us to do? And I believe the answer is found in verse number 18. And I want to make this our first point, God's preparation for Anchor Baptist Church and carrying out the Great Commission. God's preparation. Notice, if you will, in verse number 18, before he ever told them to go and evangelize and baptize and disciple, he first prepared them by making this statement. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Now go in that power. We want to reach people for Christ. We must have God's power. Amen. We need God's hand upon our lives to go and do the work. We have to understand something. This is a spiritual endeavor. It's not something we do through the flesh. It's not going to get accomplished that way. It's not our personalities or, oh, I memorize these verses or I have a gospel presentation that I put together. Uh, folks, unless God moves and works on the heart of people, they're not going to get saved. The Bible says unless the Lord draws them. Amen? And, and so let's be praying. Let's seek God. Let's seek to have a right heart with the Lord, a right life that we live, that God can bless and that God can use us as a tool for God's ministry and reaching this world for Christ. But I want you to notice something, if you would please, in verse number 18. As we consider God's preparation for carrying out the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. I thank the Lord that they just didn't say just all power in heaven. We know he has all power in heaven. Amen. But I want you to understand that it's not just all power in heaven, but right here where we live. Amen. Right here where we have our lost relatives and friends and co-workers, uh, that all power belongs unto the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven and on earth, right where he's placed us to minister the gospel unto others. Amen? God's preparation. Notice that. I'll get back to that at the end of the message. We're going to run around the corner, all right, the bush. I want you to notice again, all power in heaven and earth for God's preparation and carrying out the Great Commission. Turn, if you would, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. We've seen God's preparation. I want us to see God's provision for Anchor Baptist Church and carrying out the Great Commission. God's provision. It says in verse number 14, For the body is not one member, but many. Now, let me just stop there. Aren't you glad that God has given us these physical bodies? I know we're, some of us are handicapped. I'm, I'm, I need surgery on my knee. Uh, my back's messed up, my neck's messed up, my shoulders, and I don't have a brain, so... I need help, amen? And so we understand illness, amen? Uh, we understand, I hope we understand our frailty, and so we need to rely upon the Lord. But I thank the Lord that I have two hands, arms, two legs, amen? I thank the Lord that God gave me two eyes and two ears, and praise the Lord, God knew I only needed one mouth, amen? I mean, it's amazing what God has put together, amen? And, and all the things that make up this physical body. I mean, there are things in my body that I don't know what they are, where they are, or what they do. Forgive my ignorance. I don't know what my spleen does. Maybe you do. All right? I think it's in here somewhere. I think, all right? Uh, and what's the purpose? 
Listen, God put this body together miraculously. And there are things about our bodies, we don't even know how they function or their purpose. But I want you to understand something. Every single member of this body is needed. Now, if I can age myself, and maybe some of you, when I was growing up, I couldn't wait to get my tonsils taken out. And I was so excited, please, please, let me have, I didn't know before, but I was just, let me, let me have my tonsils out. I say, why would you do that? Well, when I was growing up, if you got your tonsils, you get to eat all the ice cream you want. I grew up poor. I mean, there were four, and then there were four, four. I was on that side, all right? We'd have ice cream maybe three times a year. That was a treat. That was wonderful. And so, I, Lord, I didn't pray because I didn't know the Lord, but it'd be nice to have my tonsils out. You know what's happened over the years? Doctors finally came to the conclusion, I think you need them. Duh. God put them there. Amen. Of course we need it. Now, I made a terrible mistake and I had my gallbladder taken out. I shouldn't have done it. Again, there's an organ God put there. There's a reason and purpose. But now, again, I want to emphasize this. Every single member of this body is vital. And every member of this body has a function to operate in order for this body to function and operate properly. Amen? Well, let's read on, and you'll see what I mean. So he says in verse number 14, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? If the whole, uh, uh, and so, think about it. How would you like to be Coming to church tonight, rolling in as one big old eyeball. Amen? No, Lord, you gave me feet to walk with and hands and arms, and you gave me this body. And again, every member is so important, so vital. Now, what, what's the thing to understand here? To make the application, God's not talking about a physical body here, though He's using physical elements. Somebody's church. Somebody in the Baptist church. The members of this church. And not everybody's going to be the hands or the arms or the feet or the legs or the eyes or the ears. Amen? But every single one of you are vital for the cause of Christ. You need to function and operate together. Amen? That God can use you for his glory. Now, what would it be like this morning? Consider this. And I've had some mornings like this. Maybe you have and you understand. You wake up in the morning and all of a sudden these legs say, Body, forget it. I quit. Body, I'm sick and tired of going to those buffets, all you can eat. Amen? And I'm going on strike, body, and I refuse. I'm not going to do my work anymore. I guarantee you we'd be in trouble. Amen? Why? Because one member of the church says, I quit. That's it. It hurts the rest of the body. What would it be like this evening if all of a sudden everybody's left arm suck out? Don't do it yet. All right? But all of a sudden this left arm says, the rest of my body, forget it. I'm not going to cooperate with the rest of the body. I'm going to hang out here and do my own thing. Oh, I know Christians like that. Huh? Well, I tell you what, it gets difficult. I mean, when I get done preaching in a couple hours, we get ready. Somebody caught it. Well, whenever I get done preaching, all right, and we get ready to leave, and everybody's left arms out like this, and we start walking out, you know, one at a time. There's a double door, but we'll probably have to go out one at a time. And you get outside and say, I hope nobody sees me. Praise the Lord, it's going to be dark. But people in the neighborhood might say, I knew those people were crazy. Now I really know they're crazy. But I'll tell you what, it gets worse. You get in your car and you drive home, and every time your, your husband's turn a corner, your wife is slapping you. Amen? Why? 
Because one member of the body says, I'm not going to cooperate with the rest of the body. I'm going to do my own thing. Folks, God never intended our arm to be like that. God never intended our legs to give out on us. God wants us to understand you're a body. Spiritually, you're a body. Different members, different abilities, different gifts, different talents, but you're one body in Christ. Amen? Function and operate as a body. Don't go solo. Amen? Again, he says, for the body is not one member, but many, if the foot shall say, uh, because, uh, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body, is it therefore not the body? And of course it's a body. Amen? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not the body, is it therefore not the body? Of course it's part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were smelling, where were the smelling? Notice verse number 18, so important. But now have God set the members, how many? Every one of them. No exception. But now with God set the members, every one of them, where? In the body, in Anchor Baptist Church, but notice the last phrase, as it has pleased him. Do you realize that if you're a member of this church tonight, you're here because it pleased God to place you here? Amen? And God doesn't make a mistake. Amen? God knew that Anchor Baptist Church needs you. Amen? So it pleased him to place you here. You are important to the cause of God in carrying out the Great Commission as part of this body. Amen? And so God wants you to function and operate together as a body. You are God's provision. Turn, if you would, please, to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. I've got to get to my place here. I want us to see God's product. You as a church. What kind of church does God want? Amen? Uh, I mean, honestly, there's all kinds of churches these days, right? Um, what kind of church does God want? All right, so verse number 16. And there's so much in this verse. It says in verse number 16, again, think of Anchor Baptist Church, the product that God wants it to be. And, and who is Anchor Baptist Church? You, the members. You're this body, the spiritual body in Christ. He says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted. All right, and so God is saying, Anchor Baptist Church, I want to be fitly joined together and compacted. I want you to be solid and sturdy and strong and be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen? I remember living in the Philippines and we got hit with typhoon roofing, uh, which at that time was uh, the strongest typhoon that hit Cebu. And we went over a month without water and electricity. And pretty exciting days, I'll tell you that. Um, boy, i tell you what, we, if we've got to be strong in the Lord. I thank the Lord. I don't mean this wrong, but I thank the Lord I wasn't in Nephi house. Amen? Maybe some of you grew up in Nephi house. I thank the Lord that the house that we had doesn't, now that doesn't necessarily say it's going to stand the wiles of the devil or the uh, storm attacks or typhoon, but I thank the Lord that the house was sturdy and strong. Uh, that nothing was lost or broken. Amen? Thank God for that. But you understand, God is saying the same thing for his church. For Anchor Baptist Church, I want you to be solid and sturdy and strong, fitly joint together. All right? 
He goes on, he says, verse number 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted. He said, Brother Getty, how can we have that kind of church? That's what we want. That's what we're striving for. We want a church that's on the victory side, amen? We want a church where God is doing great and mighty things and God is blessing. We need that kind of church. How can we have that kind of church? The answer is in the verse. It says, from whom nobody fitly joined together compacted. How? By that which every joint supplieth. Very simply, you, the members of this church, are those joints, those supports, those beings that holds this church together spiritually. Amen? And notice what he says, by that which every joint supplies. And so every single one of you, God is counting on you, supplying. Amen? And say, what am I supposed to supply? Well, I don't have time to go into a, a stewardship conference here. But very simply, you supply your time. You supply your talent. You supply your treasure. You, you, you're having a, uh, a fundraiser next month for a building. Praise the Lord. I hope you dig deep. I hope you pray and say, God, please provide that I can give toward this building. Amen? Uh, but uh, you supply your talents. Understand this. If you are saved, and I trust that everybody here is saved, you have at least one spiritual gift given by God. At least one. Do you know what your spiritual gift is? All right, I trust that you do. It's important. God gave it to you. Utilize it. Plug it in to the only thing that God ever ordained and established care out is working as a local church of saved, baptized believers. Plug in your gift or gifts. Use them to further the cause of Christ. You're going to strengthen Anchor Baptist Church by that which every joint supplies. So what happens when 50% of the people are supplying? Their time, their talent, their treasure. The church is going to be hurting. Amen? And chances are people are going to have to pick up and carry on more than what God intended them to because somebody else is not doing their part. You ever got a job you go to and Maybe you have uh, somebody at work that's a slacker. <laughs> Amen. They're, not, they're looking for every way to get out of work, and so you have to pick up maybe extra work that you're not responsible for. Folks, listen, th this issue is the same in every church I know. There are people that say, well, I just want to sit in the pew. Well, God saved your soul for a reason, a purpose. Amen? God wants you to be used by him for his glory. God wants this church to continue to grow and be strong and sturdy. And it's going to take every member, every joint, supplying that which God has blessed you with. And then he goes on in verse number 16. It says, according to the effectual working." Now, there's a word that a lot of people just don't like. I mean, they, they get nervous and worried about when they hear the word work. Amen? Uh, son, it's time to clean up. It's your annual clean up your bedroom. Amen? Annually, all right? And son's freaking out. I don't know what to do. You know, <laughs> pick up one sock and put it on a pile there, right? <laughs> wow. Folks, it, it, you know, it takes work. And notice what he says, the effectual working. Well, I'm not just going to put in a few minutes here, and, you know, okay, I did my part. No. The effectual working. Making the work of God accomplish much for the cause of Christ. Amen? The effectual working. Don't, don't be afraid to work for the Lord. 
Don't be afraid. God will bless you. God will encourage you. Say, well, I don't know what to do. Well, find somebody else to work with you. Amen? Think about this. What would happen? I'm going to start, well, yes, Saturday visitation. Right? After prayer meeting. That's interesting. We have a Saturday 10 o'clock prayer meeting as well. Amen. I didn't know you did that. Smiled on that one. Amen. But what would it be like Saturday morning? Every member of Anchor Baptist Church shows up for visitation. I'll guarantee you, probably the first thing you do is you'd have to call 911. <laughs> our pastor just fainted. Revive our pastor again. Amen. But I'll tell you what, he would be thrilled, he'd be excited. Uh, it would, maybe he would, even in his condition, maybe jump up and click his heels. Amen? What would it be like if every member of this church, and I realize I'm not talking to the whole body, but what would it be like if every member would come up to your pastor, or maybe Brother Kevin, or maybe somebody else, and say, I want to volunteer. You got something I can do? I want to serve the Lord. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, I tell you what, I, I know this. God would be pleased. And God would bless. Amen? God would greatly bless when God's church is on fire for the Lord and every member plugged in and doing their part. He says, according to the effectual working, and then he says, in the measure of every part. I like that. In the measure of every part. Now, uh, I don't know if you had dinner before you came, and maybe you didn't have time to have dinner, and maybe the stomach is going, oh, wow, when is this guy going to finish preaching? All right, I'm hungry. All right. Well, let me help you tonight. I, I want to bake a cake. Amen? <laughs> Amen? And now, I don't need Betty Crocker. I, I can do this. I, I know I can. And so I'm going to get out a big old, whatever, pan, all right, to put the ingredients in a bowl. There you go. A big bowl, all right. I know it takes flour, right? Some flour in there, amen? It takes eggs, right? Amen? We're going to bake a cake, right? Why do you use a baker's dozen? 13 of them. Put those in there too, amen? I mean, butter? I like butter. Oh, yeah. One, one, one more, all right? Amen. It takes salt, right? Listen, you cannot have salt unless you have pepper. They go together. Amen? He said, Brother Gaddy, I'm going to back off of that. All right, all right. Let's get Betty out. And Betty says you put, I don't know, maybe, maybe two cups of flour. You go like this or like this or all right. Uh, two eggs, maybe three, four, four, three, four, five, five. <laughs> all right. Uh, it, it takes maybe a fourth of a cup of butter, half a cup of butter. Yeah, about four. All right, good. Boy, I'm getting educated here. <laughs> yeah, maybe a pinch of salt and. No pepper. Right? And whatever else you put in there, forgive me. You put that in the oven, you bake it, boy, it would be. Let's eat. Now, why? Because in order to have that cake right, every ingredient had its own measurement. Amen? Do you understand again? Every single one of you, God's given you a measurement what you can do to make this church a beautiful, wonderful, precious, smelling savor unto God that God is well pleased with. Amen? Wouldn't it be wonderful you come Sunday? Well, this is your Sunday. Actually, this is your main service, right? Wouldn't it be wonderful you look around and say, Oh, Lord, thank you. This is beautiful what you're doing. Amen? Amen? Everybody show up. 
Everybody loves the Lord. Everybody's singing out praises unto God. Everybody's worshiping the Lord. And what, you know, God is pleased with that. It's a sweet smelling savor unto the Lord. That's what God's looking for. Amen. In the measure of every part, notice this, maketh increase of the body unto itself in love. When the church, when Anchor Baptist Church, Harvest Baptist Church for us, it, no matter what it is, whatever God's church is, when we are doing what we ought to be doing, the Bible says, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. When that happens, I'll guarantee you, every single time when that is in place, there'll always be something missing. You know what it is? It's called strife, envy, jealousy. The things that are destroying God's churches. Oh, let's replace that with the love of God. Let's replace that with the love for one another, the care for one another, the working and serving God together for God's glory. Amen? Turn, if you would, please. Just turn back a few pages. Ephesians chapter number 1. Ephesians chapter number 1. And verse number 15. Last point, God's purpose. God's purpose why are we saved? Why is there an Anchor Baptist Church? Why are you here? Let's start in verse number 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. Sounds like they had the right kind of church. Amen? Verse number 16. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you my prayers. Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus, and starting at verse number 17 through the rest of the verse, he deals with these different prayer requests for the church. So let's look at them and make the application to you as a church family as well. Verse number 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of him. He's praying, says, I want you to know of the, of the revelation and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we might know the Lord better. Amen. And, and if we know the Lord better, we're going to walk closer to God. We're going to have a greater relationship with Him. We're going to be more of what God wants us to be. He goes on, verse number, uh, verse number 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is hope of his calling. Now I know that he's talking in, 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 uh, in, in the emphasis here is the return of Christ, eternal life, heaven, all right? And that's our hope, our hope of glory. I'm excited for it. I, I hope the rapture will take place before I finish this message. That would be wonderful. Amen? Everybody ought to say amen to that, all right? Wow. What a, what, listen, we're a blessed people that know the Lord. I trust everyone does know the Lord here. Uh, listen, the lost world doesn't have the promises we have. There is no hope for the lost unless they get saved. Death is not the answer. Matter of fact, there is no, I mean, death, every one of us is going to spend eternity one or two places. And that's going to depend on what we've done with Christ. And so he, 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 he's praying for them that they might know the hope of his calling in our lives. And so let's make it personal here. Let's just consider this thought. What is God's calling, what is God's will for your personal life? You ever stop to ask, Lord, Lord, what do you want from me? Lord, I know you saved me. There's a reason. There's a purpose for it. What is that purpose? What is your calling in my life? Now, let me help you here. I, uh, we were missionaries in the Philippines eight and a half years. We came home with my wife, actually in a wheelchair, and just a lot of physical issues. Uh, Lord led us to stay my home church in Fairfax, Virginia, couldn't afford living here in Washington, D.C. 
God brought us down to St. Pete, Florida. Thank you, Lord. I love it. <laughs> Amen. We were there for two years trying to get my wife taken care of. Well, during that two years, I'm anxious. I mean, uh, Lord, where do you want me? Where do you want me? Where do you want me? All right? And, and so, when I don't know, and maybe you function and operate this way as well, when I don't know the will of God, I oftentimes, if not all, look at things from a practical point of view. That's not good. You realize God doesn't necessarily deal with practical, practicality? All right? I mean, he'll throw some things your, your way. It's, whoa, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for that one. All right? And so my wife is 90% American Indian. Now, she never lived on a reservation, which I thank the Lord. I'm serious when I say that. Uh, Native American Indian. I, I went to 35 different reservations throughout the United States. Now, if you're part Native, there's a reason why I'm saying this. So bear with me. I'm not trying to be offensive in any way. But I can almost tell that that reservation started where it ended because of the spirit of oppression. Sad. Wow. And I'm praying, I'm saying, Lord, I ask for three things. Lord, please put us in a place, wherever you want us, put us in a place, number one, where my wife's going to get the medical care that she needs. Number two, Lord, put us in a place where I'm not going to have to wrestle the rest of my life trying to learn a foreign language. I'm still trying to learn English. And number three, Lord, please close the door if it's not where you want me. That's so important. You want to see God's will? Ask God to close any doors he doesn't want you to go through. Because I was so anxious, I was ready to go through the first open door. And I asked God, please close the door. God closed the first door to American Indian. Everywhere I went, God said, no, no. Then I thought I was going to go to Australia. I had an Australian mission, a missionary in Australia uh, going to sponsor me, of course, he sponsorship. And he said, it should take about seven, eight months, and that, that should take care of it. Well, you know, on a point system. And I already had prayer cards printed up. We're going to Australia. I'm going to churches. We're going to be missionaries in Australia. Oh, Lord, this is great. And after seven months, I got a hold of him and he said, Now nah, you've been turned out. What? <laughs> and so, I mean, there went my, my sponsorship. And so, God closed the doors. I had a dear friend, Lou Baldwin, I went to Bible school with him. Lou says, Why don't you go down to the islands? Okay. I went down all the way down to Trinidad and Tobago, St. Thomas, St. Croix, Martinique, uh, Puerto Rico, several others. And in Puerto Rico, San Juan, Puerto Rico, I met Johnny Daniels, missionary there, Calvary Baptist Church. Johnny Daniels wanted me to come on staff with him. And my responsibility is basically island hopping. I go from one island to another island to another island, working alongside, not over, but alongside other missions or the national pastors, most of them would be. All right? Just be there to assist, be a blessing, be a help. I would have absolutely. I got home from that trip. I said, oh, Lord, this is so great. If you let me. And God said, no. It was very clear. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Again, I hope this doesn't offend anybody. Canada was not on my list. <laughs> I'm sorry. I grew up 20 years in northeastern Iowa. The only reason why is I didn't know any better. All right? I mean, winters are brutal. I don't like winter. I'm not a winter sports fan. I don't, I, I don't want anything to do with winter. All right? Amen. <laughs> and so in my mind, when I think of Canada, I'm sorry, I think of winter. Brutal winters. All right? I've only been in Canada one time, and that was in, in, in Ontario, in Chatham, St. Thomas. I went up there to help a missionary friend for about a week in St. Thomas. And it was... <laughs> Mid late October, it was cold, it was wet, it was ugly. I'm saying, and I said, I'm glad he's here, not me, amen. But I'm still looking where God wants me. And God says, I want you to fly from Tampa, Florida to Seattle. I want you to rent a car and I want you to come on up to Canada. 
to Vancouver. Got hold of a pastor in the area. I'm coming up in four days. I get in that rental car and drive. I'm driving on up. Before I ever got to the border, God flooded my soul with perfect peace. This is what I want. I had no idea why. And I got into Canada, I look around. It's all Asia. <laughs> Excuse me, ladies. All right. I mean, you're a minority. <laughs> and, and I said, Thank you, Lord. Not, not, not that I'm against. No, I'm not against white people. <laughs> All right, I am one. But I was after being in the Philippines. I was so excited to try to work with Asian people. Thank you, Lord. What a blessing. But let me help you something because we all have to deal with trying to understand and know the Lord God. And I believe it's so simple. Just be faithful right now, right with God's us. Never mind tomorrow or year from now. Just be faithful right now. And if you're faithful right now with what God has placed on your heart to do, God will lead the next step when He's there. And when you're next. And don't try to barge the doors because God might say, I don't want you there. Amen. Trust God with leadership in your life. Let him lead, let him direct. Again, look at verse number 18. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is hope of his calling. And what is the riches of the glory? Help me now as we look through this. And what is the riches of his glory uh, or, or his inheritance in the... Are you going to say? I'm saying there. All right. Saint Joel, amen. All right. If you're blood bought saved, you're a saint. And the Lord said, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to Paul to write this, and what is the riches, the glory, the inheritance in the saints? The riches of the glory? Of the inheritance? Oh, I like inheritance. Amen. 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 Now, we had an oddity this last August. My wife and I were born in 1952. You can do the math, all right? And our anniversary was our 52nd anniversary last August. Born in 52, our anniversary in 52nd, all right? So we've been married <laughs> over 52 years now. And we have a joint account at the bank. How many have a joint account at the bank? All right, some of you aren't sure. All right. I I'm praying for you. All right. Amen. But we have a joint account at the bank. I've learned over the years, over 52 years, I've learned what a joint account is. That simply means I put in and she takes out. <laughs> Bless God, Jesus Christ deposited the blood bank at Calvary over 2,000 years ago, and I'll guarantee you there'll never, never, never been insufficient funds. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. All his riches, our inheritance as his children. Don't be afraid to ask God. You want a building? Ask God. Amen? Say, well, I want to have some money to put in that special offering. Ask God. Amen? He's more than able. Look, if you would, please, verse number 19. And what is exceeding greatness of what? Of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now I'm there, I've arrived, I've been around the bush. And we have arrived now. Jesus Christ, in Matthew chapter number 28, and verse 18, in preparing you as a church to carry out the Great Commission, what did he say? All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. What did he do with all power in heaven and earth? What did it say? 
In verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Lord, to you and I, to the believer in Christ, all power in heaven and earth. Folks, it's appropriated to you by God himself. Amen. What could be done? There's no limit. There is absolutely no limit what God can do. Amen? Now let's follow the rest of the verses here. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? And again, Anchor Baptist Church is all about spiritual work. Amen? It's the Spirit of God that's going to move and work in the hearts and lives of people. It's the Spirit of God that equips us to do the work. Verse number 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which has come. And hath put all things under his feet on the feet of Christ, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Can I read that again? And I put all things under his feet, under Christ, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. I thank you, Lord, that you are the head of Anchor Baptist Church, of Harvest Baptist Church, and those churches that belong to you, Lord. Uh, praise the Lord. Listen, we don't need man messing things up. Amen. We need God. He's in charge. And notice how important, again, the church is. I said this earlier. It's the only institution that God ordained established care of. There is nothing else. There is no para-church ministry that, listen, God established his church. Nothing else. Carry out his word. Let me, I don't want to be mean or ugly here. I hope you don't take it wrong. Uh, listen, there, there was a time when the Salvation Army, time when Red Cross, not maybe Red Cross, but other organizations were parent church ministries. Well, the only thing I know about Salvation Army now is a Christian and the kettle, you know, Christmas. Uh, and I, again, I'm not trying to be ugly here, but listen, parachurch ministries come and go, and they don't have God's stamp upon them. Because what God stamped his approval upon is a church. A saved, baptized believers. That's it. That is the only thing they established to do his work. And thank God you're a member of a church here. All right? And so rejoice in what is done here. He says, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. Anchor Baptist Church, you're the body of Christ. Amen? Which is his body. And notice this, the fullness of him that filleth all. You ought to represent the fullness of him that filled all my Sounds nice. Sounds exciting. What does it mean? Well, I believe this is what it means. You, Anchor Baptist Church. Now, again, we're talking about a collective effort here by every member. Amen? Doing the work of God. And so you become the fullness of him that fill all in all. What does that mean? Let's break it down. I believe simply saying this. You, Anchor Baptist Church, become the solution to the problems of your community. You're the answer. You're God's answer to this community. Amen? Let me ask you this. Do you have problems in Burnaby, in Westminster? <laughs> are there are there? Problems? I mean, 
drug problems, there's alcohol problems, and broken home problems, there's sin problems. Do you have problems here? Well, the answer is yes, just like we do in Latin. Just like others have, no matter what they are. I, I tell, I, I tell, I when I preach this outside and maybe in the state somewhere, I tell them this, listen, if you don't have any problems, I'll move you. Amen? Move to Utopia? Yeah. No problems? Everything is paradise? Oh, we got to wait till we get to heaven. But in the meanwhile, you represent the solutions of this problem to this community. Because you represent Christ. The answer to everybody's problems. By the way, I'm convinced that the answers to the spiritual problems will take care of all the other problems. Amen? Paul was in prison. Paul was beaten. Paul was nigh unto death over and over again. Paul suffered shipwreck and on and on. You read about the perils in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. All that Paul went through. And what did Paul say? Most gladly will I therefore rather glory in my infirmities, in my necessities, and my, in my persecutions. Amen. Most gladly. Why? He had God with him and through him, empowering him, using him. Everywhere Paul went, he was the answer. He represented the Savior. He was an answer to those communities. People got saved. Churches were started. People grew in the Lord. Amen. And that's exactly what God wants to do in every one of our lives. We represent God Almighty, the answer to the problem. So let's give ourselves to the Lord, maybe anew and afresh. Say, Lord, here am I. Use me any way you want. Lord, I want to have a listening ear to your will for my life and what you want me to do. Amen. Let's pray.